Hi, this is Val Hart, the real Dr. Doolittle, and today I'm talking with Kay Aubrey Shemaine, and she is a bio-nutritional consultant. She's the owner and director of Grand Adventures Ranch and Holistic Equine Wellness and Cancer Recovery Center there in Sonoida, Arizona. Welcome, Kay. Thank you so much for joining me. Well, thank you for having me, Val. I appreciate it. Wonderful. I am so glad. I am totally fascinated by what you do with cancer and horses, and I'm so curious to learn more, and I know that our listeners are also. Cancer is such a growing concern, not for just for us two-legged humans, but for our animals as well. Um, and, you know, I fell in love with horses when I was five years old, so uh, anything that has to do with them, I want to know about. So um, tell me um, tell me more about this. Um uh, how how many horses actually get cancer these days? Well, that's a really interesting question because no one knows. Uh, oh, we know okay. that it's gone up. Yeah. And we know that about the turn of the century, we think there were about 7 million horses in the United States. Okay. And according to the people whose job it is to track um, death statistics in horses, mm-hmm. at this point, somewhere between 3 and 5% of horses are reported to have died with cancer. Oh. But they're not sure, and of course, most people never report cancer. For example, most people don't think of melanomas, mm-hmm. what they see as bumps and lumps, especially on gray horses, mm-hmm. as cancer. But melanomas are much like an iceberg. If you've got mm-hmm. melanomas coming out the rectum, mm-hmm. you probably are only seeing 5 or 10%, and the rest are down in the digestive tract and maybe right wrapping around the, the colon. Wow. So it's often we have an older horse, he starts to go downhill, mm. we put them down. Yeah. And it's never reported as cancer. Mm. So we're not sure how many actually have cancer. Wow. And so, okay. some vets just never some vets never go through the reporting process. They just get called out. Mm-hmm. They they see there's a tumor, they put the horse down. Wow. So we don't know. If it is, if it's 5%, if it was if it was a half a percent, which is what they figure it was mm-hmm. about 30 years ago, that would be about 3,500 horses in the United States. Mm. If it's 5%, that's more like 35,000 horses wow. in the United States. Wow. So it can be quite a number. Mm. That's amazing. Um, so do you think we're seeing more equine cancer then? Oh, we are. That's okay. the one thing they do know, is that what, we're seeing an increase in cancer. And, and what makes you think so? Well, according to the epidemiological studies and the actual amounts that are being reported, more uh-huh. and more horses are actually being reported to actually have cancer. Oh, okay. And sites that we did not see 20 and 30 years ago. Wow. More sarcoids, excuse me, sarcoids, more um, bone cancers and uh, cancers of the blood. Things we, we never saw horses reported with lung cancer. 30 years ago. So the incidence we think is about tenfold in the last three decades. Wow. Oh, that just is, that's a chilling statistic. Mm. So, Kay, why do you think horses get cancer? What do you think that's all about? Well, for many of the same reasons that we do in okay. the environmental toxicities that surround them, mm-hmm. their food, their water, mm-hmm. the, the way that we tend to poison our way to health. Mm. And what I mean by that is, again, 30 years ago, when I was a young girl and had my first horse, we very rarely wormed a horse. You might worm a horse if you knew that it had worms. Uh 
and the vet would come out and he'd give him some sort of uh, uh, a, what we knew was toxic but would help get the parasites out of the colon and that would take care of it. Mm-hmm. And now horse owners are being convinced to give these toxins every six to eight weeks on a standard regimen. Mm-hmm. We're doing paste warmers. We're doing feed-through warmers on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those are daily poisons. Um, most of the chemical sweet feed, chemically preserved sweet feeds mm-hmm. that are out there, the you know the sweet, the senior feeds, the feeds to help feed up babies and get them fat, mm-hmm. all of those are preserved with known toxins, BHA, BHT, and primarily ethoxyquin. And ethoxyquin is a is a first cousin of Agent Orange. Mm. Okay? okay, so this is okay. something we're feeding into our horses. On a daily basis, mm. we've oh, got fields. You know, I know that I'm going on, but there's so many different toxins. The hay that is being grown in many places of the country is being fertilized with municipal sludge. Mm. So, you know, what's coming out after we flush our toilets is getting concentrated down and then putting put back onto the field to grow the hay, mm-hmm. and that's concentrating all those toxins and heavy metals, etc. And that's going right back into their foods. Mm. Mm. Oh, oh, this just makes me sick. <laughs> that, that's the ugly start of the call, isn't it? That's the, mm-hmm. that's the bad side. Is that? Oh that God, mm-hmm. we're being sold chemically preserved agro waste as food, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we're setting our horses up to be more receptive to disease and cancer because many horses are getting fed a very high acid diet. So what I mean mm-hmm. by that is foods that are very high in proteins, high in starches and sugars, Okay. those make the body more acidic. Cancer likes an acid environment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So again, we're setting them up for them to be more easily attacked by the cancer. Right. Well, I know if the pH is off, then um, all the... Um, Pathogens, you know, we become a walking petri dish. Uh, all the pathogens love, you know, um, a uh, the the acidic pH, right? They exactly. grow in it exactly. really yeah. happily. So, yeah. And if you it, think about what a horse's diet is supposed to be, mm-hmm. they eat, they're supposed to eat grass. Yeah, that's a, that's a very alkaline forming food. Right. But when, right. when we throw in, you know, many many horses, especially in the Western United States, because it is less expensive. Because we've been convinced that protein is good, mm-hmm. they're getting fed a very high-protein diet of alfalfa, which is a legume. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not grass. Yeah. So they're getting more, more acidic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so they have more problems that way. Yeah, 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 I got it. Plus, you know, I'm just thinking, they stand in their stalls, so many of them these days. You know, they're they're not free-ranging. They don't move all day that, like they're designed to do. And, you know, movement is also critical to help uh, with the blood sugars and the, you know, exactly. uh, process ways to move the lymph system and circulation and all that. So, oh, we could uh, do another three or four calls just on how mm-hmm. having that acid pool down into the feet when they don't move uh-huh. causes many of the foot problems that we see in horses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, gosh. Uh, that's a whole other topic, isn't it? That's a whole other yeah, but you know these are critical issues because most of the most of us we we don't know that we have any other choices. You know, we want horses in our life, but we and we think it's okay to stick them in a stall and feed them the best food we know. You know, which is going to be usually something like sweet feed. 
or or something that the commercial industry and even the vets have sold us, you know, on. Right. Um, and exactly. then we wonder why our animals aren't thriving and they're not doing well and they're and they're sick and and like you said, an exponential increase in cancer. So, mm. oh gosh, uh, you touched on a topic. Uh, I want to know a little more about melanomas. Tell me more about a melanoma. What what is that and uh, how is it different from other types of cancer? Well, let me start with how it's the same, real quick. Okay. All, okay. all cancers, it doesn't matter what kind of cancer cell, all cancer cells are cells that have stopped using oxygen for energy mm-hmm. and have started using sugar fermentation. Oh, okay. 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 So every cancer cell is using sugar fermentation, which is very inefficient, which is why they start growing rapidly because they're trying to build more cells to get more energy. Mm-hmm. And it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, as it were. But melanomas are—they are a skin cancer, much like people get skin cancers. Mm-hmm. We usually right. find them, not always, but usually find them close to the surface or parts of them close to the surface in horses. And we see them primarily, but not always, around the rectum, right around the anus, mm-hmm. or along the ears mm-hmm. okay. of the horse. Okay. And we usually will see them on white horses, light, you know, light horses mm-hmm. that have less. It, there seems to be a relationship with the melanin in the skin. Okay, that is not always true. And even on gray horses, we've had great success, you know, helping the horse to eliminate them, take them back off. Okay, but but what we don't know, what most people don't realize, is that those bumps are just, like I said, the tip of the iceberg. Ah. What's truly going on are more lumps on long stems that come down and they can literally wrap around the digestive tract and cut off the body's ability to, to move the, the food and fecal matter through. Okay. So often we'll, these horses might die of what's considered to be an impaction, a colic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what caused the impaction was the stalk of this melanoma getting wrapped around the colon and preventing anything from moving through. Mm. And only a surgery would take care of that, and that's so expensive that many times we just put them down. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I can't even imagine a surgery uh, to unwrap a melanoma that has, you know, uh, so tied up, I mean, tangled up and tied up the intestines. Oh, that must be so tricky. I know colic surgery, you know, is is difficult. This has to be even more difficult. Well, and of course, those horses, when they stand back up, their entire belly is pressing along the, usually along the suture where you've cut them open. So right. It's very right. difficult to recover from. Yeah. Yes. Colic yeah. surgery can be tough. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I've lost two horses to colic, so I know um, I know the pain of that. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, that's really hard. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's horrible. Um I called uh, the, the my first one was the my week in hell, <laughs> you know, uh, with my mare and um, in emergency, you know, vet care and and stuff. So of course she didn't make it. So mm. anyway, um, let's let's. Uh, so okay, so I want to know if your horse is diagnosed with cancer, what can you do? What would you recommend? Well, first. Take a great big deep breath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Big, right. Like the Kleenex and a big breath. Okay, good. Got it. 
Horses survive cancer better than humans do really? because no one told them to be scared of it. <laughs> what a great thing to say. Say that again, Kay. Well, horses outlive humans with cancer uh-huh. because no one told them that cancer was going to kill them. Wow, I love that. There's such an emotional component to when we get told we have cancer mm-hmm. that we shut down. We go into, okay, I've quit. Mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm dead. Well, no one, the horse is just, oh, I, got, I got a bump. Okay. Mm-hmm. I probably had that bump for a year already. It's yeah. just you finally noticed. Yeah. And yeah. so we have time. And what I encourage my clients to do is to change their energetic, their emotional response to the word cancer. Okay. Cancer is the greatest blessing we could have. Really? Well, think about it. What causes cancer is a buildup of poisons in the body that the body, through its miraculous uh, ability, walls off somewhere. For example, you have a smoker. They have all this tar and nicotine building up. The body kind of walls it off in a corner until that buildup of tar and nicotine affects the cells around it and they turn cancerous. They're starved for oxygen, mm-hmm, so they start mm-hmm. using sugar, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right, but right. But if the body couldn't have walled that off, the, it would have died of the poison immediately. Yeah. You would have died a long time ago. So this cancer is an indication that we've had time together that we wouldn't have had, and we have time to turn around the situation. Okay. All right? Mm-hmm. So... Oh, you know, if you can look at cancer as a wake-up call, but not a death spell, mm-hmm. okay. all right, then it becomes a blessing. Okay. So what do we do? What do we do then? We take a deep breath. We go, okay, I have time. I'm going to do something with this. Okay. Education is the key. Okay. Find out. Because every vet has a little bit different background, and because so so few horses are actually diagnosed with cancer, uh-huh. there's a very large percentage of veterinarians who have no experience with it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. So when your vet comes out and he says, oh, man, your horse has cancer, you need to say, okay, are you familiar with dealing with this kind of cancer? Mm-hmm. How would you approach it? What have you done in the past? What has been the outcome? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then start researching other things you can do. Okay. Meanwhile, I truly believe that when you get rid of the poisons mm-hmm. from the environment, mm-hmm. you start providing a biologically appropriate, highly nutritious diet, and you detox the body. Many times the body can rectify even cancer on its own. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we start there. My three favorite words on what anybody calls me for a consult, my three favorite words come out, detox, detox, detox. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. The first step in detox is to stop putting toxins in. Okay. So look at the water you're you're putting in their bucket. Look at the hay that you're buying. Stop doing, you know, if I had a horse with cancer, first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to look for organic grain sources or even better, tested chemical-free grains, if I'm even going to give grain at all. Okay. All right? I'm going to look for highly nutritious but lower protein, trying to alkalize the body and keep them clean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I'm going to stop any feed uh, through wormers, paste wormers, vaccinations. I'm going to stop doing toxins until body can get healthy. Okay. All right. Now, we don't do any, we never use paste wormers or feed through wormers. We use only herbs. Okay. But if you are using those, you know, start looking at alternatives. Start educating yourself as what else is available. Okay. Then there are ways that you can start cleansing the body, either gently or radically, depending on how depleted your, your horse is now. Mm-hmm. Gentle detox is easier on everybody, all right? Yeah. Because yeah. detoxification is hard work. Yeah. Okay? Getting healthy can make you sick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it can make your horse sick. As, as they start cleansing the stuff out of their cells, it's going to come out. The organs of elimination are overwhelmed. So we start by supporting and cleaning the organs of elimination, the liver, the kidneys, the lymph system, the lungs, okay? Mm-hmm. And as those get cleaned out, then they can start cleaning the toxins out of the body. And as we then, once those are ready to go rock and roll, once they can do their job, mm-hmm. then we start fighting the cancer itself. But if we flush the toilet before the drain field is ready, we're going to have a heck of a mess. All of that junk is going to back up into the body. Right. Right. It has no place to go. Right. I equate fighting the cancer, whether it be, whether it be chemotherapy, uh, coke therapy, the homeopathic protocol that we use with ozone, Mm -hmm. high dose vitamin C, whatever approach it is you're doing, when you start killing off cancer cells, if the organs of elimination and the lymph system are not functioning, you can kill the host. Yeah. Yeah. So we start usually with 21 days, maybe 90 days of detox. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then we start going, and, and then we start going after the cancer. Okay. 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 Oh, very cool. This is very, this sounds really hopeful. You know, instead of a, like you said, cancer is a death sentence, this, this feels like, there's something absolutely that we can do that will make a big difference and that, like you said, 21 to 90 days of a detox and then start fighting the cancer. So literally within um, a relatively short amount of time, uh, given a chance. And if we wake up and pay attention, right, and actually right. take action, um, right. then our, our horse could be well. Uh, they they don't have oh. to die, yeah. right? Yeah, our, yeah exactly. Our... Mm-hmm. our on-site protocol here for people who have horses with cancer. Right. Usually huh. we only say, you know, expect your horse to be here 90 days. Will he be done at the end of that? Mm-hmm. No. But he'll be ready to go home for you to continue with what you learn here. Wow. Okay. okay. Tell me more about your program, Kay. Well, we do phone consults, of course, for people who can't get their horses here mm-hmm. to Arizona. Mm-hmm. But for but the... Um, the preferred way to work is to be able to have the horse here where we can control everything that goes in. We do, you know, all grass haze, organic grain mixes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we bring a horse in. Uh, we evaluate them. The vet sees them, uh, usually within within a couple of days of them arriving. The vet evaluates them. We evaluate them um, through uh, photopuncture, which is acupuncture with light. We do a scanning of the body and find the blocked energy points of the body, which tells us a lot about what's going on. The farrier checks them. The dentist checks them, all right, because 
that you know that there are no numerous acupuncture meridians that run right along the jawline. Yeah. And if those are if those are impinged upon, right? If we're blocking mm-hmm. the flow of energy, we want to get all the energy in the body working. Okay. We start them on a detox protocol that each horse will be a little bit different. We use kinesiology and muscle testing to decide specifically how much and what we do of each thing every day. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then like we will mm-hmm. also add, you know, either so much time in a round pen or hand walking or being ponied, and, you know, as the horse can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To make sure that, and we, and our horses all go out on anywhere between five and, and 20 acres of pasture with small herds mm-hmm. during the day so that they get out, they're moving, they're pumping blood by their feet. We make sure we pull their shoes as soon as they come. Uh, okay. If they, if they have shoes on, because we because we want that hoof acting as additional hearts. Okay. A horse has five hearts. Okay. Tell me. All please. right. Is that well? If you think about it, you have the heart up in the chest. Okay. And then yeah. you have then you have the the soles of the feet. Right. And when a horse takes a step, that hoof flexes. It's a pu- It's a pump. It's a pump. Cool. Oh, yeah, I never thought of it that way, but I love that idea. That well, makes so much sense. Move, when yeah. they can't move, they're not pumping. And right. that's right. Okay? Uh-huh. uh-huh. So we want, we want to make sure that they're moving. That may be that they're out on pasture for four, five, six, ten hours a day. Mm-hmm. It may be that they actually get some concentrated work, bring them up to the point where they're sweating so that we know that they're moving the lymph system to that level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good. Good. Mm-hmm. Right, and then we start um, our our primarily our primary approach is we use something called Coke therapy, which is a a, a process that was developed by a Dr. Coke back in the uh, early 19th century, 20th century, excuse me, the early 1900s. Okay, spell that for me. K O C H. Okay. Thank All right, you. Go ahead. and. He expanded upon much of the work that had been done by Otto Warburg, who was the one who, who discovered that all cancer has stopped using oxygen and stopped, started using sugar. Okay. And a number of people at that time postulated that there must be a trigger that would turn it back. So being a, a homeopathic, a classically trained homeopathist, Coke found the substance, he identified the substance in the body, which was also identified by someone who won the, the Nobel Prize for Medicine for doing the same thing. Wow. There's a substance that the body produces called glyoxide. And when that cell switches from normal to cancerous, this glyoxide is produced. Okay. So Coke, under the theory of like cares like, made a mother, a homeopathic mother tincture of this glyoxide and re-injected it back in the body along with lots of excess oxygen. And what he found was that cancerous cells would then not only start using oxygen again, but do so so rapidly that they would burn themselves out of the body. Wow. So we do a combination. Yeah, and and he was very successful for many, many years in in mostly the southeast portion of the United States. He was taken to court by the FDA. He won, uh-huh, but uh-huh. he ended up moving to Brazil. Goodness. And uh, many, there are many uh, naturopaths across the world today, especially in Germany and Europe, that mm-hmm. still do the Coke therapy. Mm-hmm. I happen to be fortunate enough that the veterinarian that I work with does the Coke therapy. Oh, wow. 
and we combine the injection of these homeopathics mm-hmm. with ozone. Um, we do rectal ozone that infuses, it puts, it puts um, this ozone directly into the mesenteric artery that wraps around the rectum. Okay. And then once a week, the veterinarian would do IV ozone. It goes directly into um, the bloodstream and the lungs. Wow. And that is a big portion of how we work with the cancer here. Okay. Um, we also, uh, we may use herbs such as graviola, or escharotics for topical things like sarcoids. We may burn them off with that. There's lots of different approaches. Okay, okay. Right? Each okay. one is a little bit different, but the core approach for us is the Coke therapy. Cool. Oh, this is so exciting. So, Kay, what could you tell people about preventing cancer in their horse? Um, How do you prevent this? By feeding a horse like a horse. <laughs> okay. Oh. What did Mother Nature mm-hmm. feed your horse? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. In the wild, horses, A, they had lots of range. Like you said, they moved a lot. They got out. And they yeah. ate a wide variety of plants. Yeah. They would have a variety of grasses. They might get a little bit of legume. They might get some dried fruits. They might get, a, you know, sort, all sorts of different things. Mm-hmm. And as they moved, those plants would be grown on soil that had different mineral support, so they'd mm-hmm. be getting a wide variety of organic minerals. Yes. Well, obviously, we in this country do not have room for 9 million horses or 7 million horses to have that kind of space, so we've elected to put them in barns and small corrals. Yeah. So in order to replicate that, Number one, we need a forage that more replicates what they would eat, grasses. I like a Bermuda grass, orchard grass mixes, good grass mixes that are going to replicate that forage that they eat 24-7, Yeah, not in small concentrated batches. If your horse yeah. is done with breakfast in an hour, mm-hmm. you've done it wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah, yeah. And very little grain, healthy horses... You know, rarely need grain unless they're under, you know, a lot of exercise. Race horses, uh, warm blood, horses in training. Mm-hmm. Even then, good grains. For example, we do a chem, uh, tested chemical-free organic grain mix okay. that we feed one cup versus a three-pound coffee can of sweet feed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because it's the whole grain. It has all of the oils, the fats, the, the calories in it, and it and it's not this agro-waste that's getting, you know, that's getting sold to us as senior feed. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, the, 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 the wheat chaff and the mm-hmm. and the soybean meal, or not meal, the, the hulls and the oat hulls and all of that that are going in with molasses on them and trying to convince our horses that that's food. Yeah, exactly. And then, oh, okay. you know, we do, we, we use herbs. Mm-hmm. We try to keep the immune system ramped. So oh, okay. uh, twice a year we do herbal warmers that happen okay. to be immune system builders instead of toxifiers, the way pace warmers are. Okay. We choose to, we all of our horses get four free choice minerals in their stalls at all every night. Okay. So they can balance out their own pH, their own trace mineral needs, their own overall calcium, magnesium, phosphorus needs, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then they get a daily vitamin mineral. Wow. One of the side benefits, you know, I have people tell me, oh, but, man, that's so expensive. And in this economy, I can barely buy my hay. Yeah. 
Well, I can tell you that when my horses 15 years ago went from just having a salt lick Mm -hmm. to having the full free choice mineral and vitamin program, they went from eating 10 to 11 bales of hay each a month, sometimes 12, depending on the horse, Mm -hmm. down to 8 or 9. Wow, really? Well, pay 15 to $18 a bale for my hay. Wow. If I'm saving two to three bales a month of hay, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I've paid for my supplements twice over. Wow. I've never had a colic, knock on wood. Yeah, me too. We have a boarding facility here. We don't have to be up at midnight checking to make sure the horses aren't colicking. Yeah. Because they can balance their own pH needs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. They can, when, the, when the weather changes or the, hair, the, the, the hay changes or a new horse has come in and it stresses everybody's immune system, yeah. all of a sudden they'll start, they'll start really chowing down on those free choice minerals. Yeah, yeah. And they balance themselves. Cool. I love the free choice minerals. Those are such oh, yeah. A the cool free choice idea. minerals, are, they're really key. Yeah. And there are articles about using free choice minerals on my website if people are, are okay. curious. Uh, speaking um, of which, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Kay. You asked me. The other thing I would say is regular detoxification. Okay. Okay. Not only stopping the toxins going in, but, you know, maybe once a year or so doing a cleanse. Okay. Okay. Especially if your horses are on city water. Yeah. Okay. If your hay is grown with municipal sludge. Mm-hmm. Um, I always recommend detox doing a detox after your vaccination. If, if you choose to vaccinate, yeah. there's a lot of mercury and other adjuvants and nasty stuff in those vaccines. Yeah. You want to do a cleanse afterwards. This is brilliant. You have a brilliant program, Kay. I love this. I can see why you call it Holistic Equine Wellness and Cancer Recovery Center. <laughs> That's exactly what you're doing. And further, you're teaching people how to avoid cancer in the first place. And I love the approach. Um, for resources, uh, do you have what resources do you have for folks? Well, there are articles on our website. Okay. okay. And, and again, the website and is uh, GrandAdventuresRanch.com. Right. GrandAdventuresRanch.com. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, also, for people who listen to this call and, and reference it, we're happy to give them a free half an hour health consultation. Oh, that's great. Go ahead. Wonderful. So a free half-hour equine health consultation, and that's a $50 value, right? That is. Excellent. And so how do they get that? They just call. They mention that they uh, listen to the Dr. Doolittle show. Okay. And we'll be happy to do that for them. Awesome. I love that. Thank you so much. Um, Is there anything else you want people to know about or anything else you'd like to share? Well, also, if people are interested in, in looking at a bio, biologically appropriate diet and, mm-hmm. and adding minerals and so on in, mm-hmm. if they reference the show, we'll be happy to do a 10% discount on Ooh. doing the full Dynamite uh, Free Choice Mineral and Vitamin Program. Oh, I love that. So, so in addition to a free half-hour consult, you're also offering a 10% discount off of your Dynamite Equine Nutritional Products. That's correct. Ooh, I love that. I don't have a horse anymore, but if I had a horse, <laughs> I would be calling you up right now. <laughs> Definitely. This is a brilliant program. I so appreciate you sharing this with us. Well, no problem. Yeah, uh, this, thanks. As you can tell, it's my passion. 
I was starting to get that idea. Um, Kay, what brought you into this? Why is it your passion? What what led you this direction? Well, um, I had a horse save my life. Wow. Uh, back in the early 90s, I had become the quintessential couch potato. Okay. I had arthritis. I stood up out of bed. I was 32 years old, stood up out of bed, and my foot broke. Oh. Wow. I was I was brittle. I was in pain. I was fat, and I wasn't moving. Okay. And a good friend of mine drug me out and got me back. I hadn't ridden a horse in 12 years. And she got me out and got me riding again. And not long after that, she said, there's a horse you've got to see. And she took me over and introduced me to a horse named Sport. And he was the spitting image of the little Arabian I'd had when I was a teenager. Oh, And I fell in love. Uh. I didn't think about the fact that he had shave spots on the side of his body Uh. and that he had some swollen tendons. And I bought him. <laughs> and uh-huh. I had to go home and explain to my husband how I had just spent all this money and now was under <laughs> commitment to feed this horse every month. Uh-huh. But God love him when I said, you know, it's the only thing I want to do that'll get me out of bed in the morning. Yeah. My sweet husband said, okay, keep wow. the horse. Wow. It's a good thing. I would have kept the horse anyway. But um, <laughs> lucky for him, he gave you the right answer. That's right. Yeah. And over the next couple of years, that horse went through double bowed tendons because he had old bows we didn't know about. Mm-hmm. Okay. It turned he went into uh complications from fly allergies that literally had dinner plate granulomas dinner plate sized granulomas over about sixty percent of his body. Good Lord. Ugh. We thought we were gonna lose him. And it wasn't until my veterinarian who I had a veterinarian, thank goodness, who was very holistically minded. Mm-hmm. And a woman who who worked with the Dynamite Nutritional Company, actually, looked at me and she said, you've got to stop thinking you have a problem because of flies. Because mm-hmm. we were keeping, you know, we were 24-7 spraying him down with fly spray, keeping fans on him, doing everything, because we thought all of this came from flies. She says, you have flies because you have a problem. The flies don't drag the garbage can to your back door. That's right. And it was like a light bulb went off. I was like, oh, my God, of course. And that led me into working with an iridologist. We did photos on him that showed just how incredibly toxic his nutritional system was. Mm. His whole digestive system was black. Mm. And over the next few years, he he had two different autoimmune diseases, that WSU had never seen in the same horse and didn't know any horse could survive. He's still alive, by the way. That was 15 really? years ago. Oh, my God. Oh, he, oh I've uh, got chill bumps. I'm so... Ugh, yeah. Tell me no, keep going, keep going. Yeah, he just... He went through so many different things. He now... And, and, and he had a weak immune system to start with. He's down to, like, three teeth in the upper part of his mouth. Because mm. the acid in his body has just eaten his teeth away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But he's my heart horse. He is my sweetheart. He's now about 26 years old. Wow. And um, he, in my having to figure out what to do for him, he saved me. Yeah. Mm. I don't have arthritis anymore. Wow. He taught me how to do endurance riding. We went and did, you know, 
50 day, a multi day ride. After wow. I hadn't been on a horse in 12 years. <laughs> he got, I, I don't get sick. He just, he changed my life. And yeah. that became, at one point we thought he had cancer. Yeah. So that became a real, just a real rallying cry for me. Yeah. So you, that's what pulled me in was a horse named Sport. Wow. Thank you, Sport. Mm. Well, that was a love affair that was meant to be. Boy, he was a master and is a master teacher for you. Helping oh, yeah. you with your life's purpose, and I'm so delighted that you've chosen to go this way and to bring this information out to the rest of us. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Wow. All right. Uh, let's um let's finish it up here then. So again, everybody, um, uh, let's see. How do they contact you, uh, Kay? Do you want them to go to the website and email you from there, or? Um, or they can yeah they can do that or they can directly email me at k k a y at at grandadventuresranch dot com got it k at grandadventuresranch.com. dot com yeah so everybody go um, and uh, check in with Kay to get your half hour uh, free he- equine health consultation and if you're interested in getting the dynamite equine nutritional products then just mention this call and you'll get 10% off of that and thank you Kay so much for like, making that available to our listeners oh, oh you're welcome you. okay how long is that offer good for just so we want we want oh. our callers to take action here Great. Thank you for asking me that. The offer is good uh, through September 31st of 2010. All right. Well, I am fascinated. I've got so much to think about now. I hope everybody else does too. I think let's close it here, and uh, I'm going to catch you on another another call. You've got more that we want to talk about. (laughs) Wonderful. Well, thank you again for being my guest, and uh, later. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. 